What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 109. I'm here with two resident homies. By the way, my name is Anthony. I'm your host, and I'm here with Casey and Joseph. Joseph, starting it off with us tonight. This is awesome to me. This hasn't happened in a while, and I love it. He is taking the place of Joel tonight because Joel's not going to be here. But what's yeah. going on, Casey? And what's going on? Joe fired Joel. So, yo, 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 yeah. And uh, thanks for being here with me tonight, my resident homies. And uh, tonight we are with John Matos from Abiotic. There, I, I did it. I did it. Rushed, dude. One take. What's up, dude? How are you, John? <laughs> Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um, real quick before we get into anything, uh, we should do some plugs. Did we get the plug things ready? Oh yeah. All right, dude. Fucking ready. Let's do it. Battleforgecoffee.com. Um, Exhumed is actually out on tour right now, too. So Mike Hamilton's out hitting the skins out in your area somewhere. So if you're oh yeah, you're wanting to go to a sick show, go see Exhumed. And uh, also buy Battleforge Coffee to help that them out in the double way because Mike's part of the band. But yeah, D- our homies from Deeds of Flesh started that that company. They've been doing it for a while now. It's good coffee. They got swag. Holiday season. Maybe you could still get it in time. As all, always, we have uh, CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com. No merch right now, but stay tuned very, very soon. We're going to have something to talk about probably next week we have a merch drop imminent merch drop yep yep so save save some money i know it's a little late for the holiday season and we probably won't get to you in time oh maybe it will no it won't but either way (laughs) you can uh, it'll be amongst the packages you get for it'll be there for valentine's day dude that's that's yeah there you go (laughs) but um yeah uh john anything you want to plug uh, first off, I didn't realize, uh, that Mike had a coffee company. We, we toured with them back in like 2013, 2014 or something. And, uh, yeah, I like adore Mike. He's a man. Oh, um, yeah, dude. So first I need to try the coffee second. Mm-hmm. So do you, uh, <laughs> people watching, um, exactly. Mike's still killing it. He, he certainly is. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about stuff here, uh, through the podcast, but absolutely check out abiotic on all the things, uh, streaming, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all, all the fun stuff. I'm sure it's on Bandcamp, and, um, there we go. We lost you for a second. So, uh, start again. What, what we missed a little chunk of that. Oh, my bad. Um, Anthony, I didn't miss anything is maybe it's your internet. Oh, oh. shit. It is my internet, huh? Yeah. I told you my shit was acting a little funky in the beginning. Yeah. All right, well, Anthony, I'll try to you, ignore that. If you want to restart and sign back in, we can have John keep going. Okay, cool. I'll at, do that. At John, right continue, sir. Uh, there was a question that was asked, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, uh, I mean, the question just was, uh, you know, where to check out uh, plugs for stuff that you have, and you started going on about oh, yeah. abiotic, exactly. which yep. is mm-hmm. the fucking sickest shit. Yes. Yeah, so, thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. You guys are right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So we uh, dropped our, we re-released our uh, 2011 uh, EP and added a couple songs on it. Um, 
It's called uh, Universal Plague Mutation. So it's just a re-release of like some OG songs. And we added a new song and re-recorded Vermo Sapien. If you're a fan of the band, I uh, imagine you know that song. And we um, gave it the the eight-string treatment because we're we're doing a ton of uh, new songs and shit in uh, in eight-string. Um, so that is you can get that on Big Cartel. You can get that at the Artisan Era uh store believe um which is night shift merch um we put out a record ikigai uh in the beginning of 2021 and uh same places uh, you can get that artisan era um and uh night shift merch for like vinyl and all that cool shit and then we've got a uh, indie merch store if you're into like dragon ball z ripoff designs which i i am obviously um and, and a bunch of other cool shit on there nice yeah man um that new record i just was listening to it right before the episode and uh i believe i had checked it out when it came out last year um but not since and it was blowing me away how good it was was, oh thank you man yeah extremely impressed and uh i'm about to go down the abiotic rabbit hole which for me i usually like do right after the episode some people would say maybe you should before but for me it's like the start of the journey so joseph are you hearing like a crackling sound yeah what's up it it might be like your cable or something maybe yeah is it you let me just give it a little wiggle but uh but yeah i i I appreciate that man um that i i mean that people still listen to music that i you know wrote when i was uh 20 years old um it's like 13 years ago now still still humbled still still kind of a a, a mind-blowing thing so um yeah definitely hit me up after the podcast and uh after you kind of go down your uh wormhole there and, and let me know let me know what you think because i feel like each record is pretty different um yeah. still hopefully like kind of has that, our signature sound but but the, the three the last three we put out i feel like are like there's some pretty stark contrast yeah yeah, it might be going kind of in, in the stylistic direction that I'm more likely to kind of latch on to. But I remember when you guys kind of came out around 20, early 2010s, like, yeah, um, I remember digging it back then, too. Um, I remember thinking, um, oh, it's cool that there's a band. Well, where are you guys out of? I was going to say somewhere on the East Coast, but uh so we're originally out of south florida um i wanted I, to say florida okay i was just checking yeah i hold on, i would be remiss uh carrie gear i don't know if he's a regular watcher but um he, i don't know who that is at he, all uh play guitar uh plays guitar for uh son of aurelius if um if you've ever checked them out if you haven't highly recommend that you listen to that before well you so happens. yes <laughs> gary uh, is is actually in odious mortem now he's a uh, we write a lot of music together. Yeah. He's oh, a, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we basically like back in the old days, actually the son of Aurelius stuff was called well, but way before it was son of Aurelius, it was like Mandrake. We had this whole like kind of project and I was actually playing guitar with him like way back oh, early two thousands or mid or no mid to late two thousands. But Carrie is like the coolest guy in the world. And son of Aurelius is the dopest. I love that band. And, Carrie's a he's a fantastic gentleman. Um, I like him a lot. Hi, Carrie. Carrie <laughs> gave me some very good advice uh, when I was a young, um, when I was very green to, to all this shit and was doing what a lot of like 
Nice. A lot of people do now, which is just like hitting the pavement, right? And just like using social media to try and like reach people, reach, uh, you know, um, people that you look up to and like, hey, just like what what works and what doesn't. Um, and something he told me I'll never forget is uh, he mm -hmm. said, uh, polite persistence, um, you know, be persistent, be, don't be an asshole about it. And that has stuck with me since like, I guess cool, probably, like 2012 or something. So hell yeah. What's up, Kerry? You're, you're awesome, dude. Your videos lately are really sick too. He's playing under a Western sun stuff. And I think even the first record stuff too, and getting it out there again, which is cool to see. And I noticed there is an active son of Aurelius Instagram page. So mm -hmm. take that for what you will. Well, also shout out, check out All Realm. Like, so that's like our new band. I played drums on it. Carries a, it's all like rock, kind of like metal, progressive stuff. And Riley sing on it, and it's all like, it's not oh, like sweet. metal stuff. Yeah, so it's gonna come out. We 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 do have an Instagram page for, but we recorded with Zach Oren uh, this last summer. It was like nice. super sick and. Yeah, so Carrie is like my favorite person, dude, musically to work with, pretty <laughs> much, actually. Yeah. Cool. And I, I'm here thinking I'm educated. How you guys are like. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying you brought up Carrie. He's like, I love that person. So, you know, just got to, I can't say enough about Carrie. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. He's been like. Yeah, we all feel that way. Good, great supporter of abiotics. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. That was a tangent for a question that um, if, y'all smoke as much weed as i do i don't remember where we started but yeah uh, well, we're wondering where anthony went so basically <laughs> all right dude well i'm gonna be anthony here and go you know so dude so what we do on this podcast is we like to find out like you know what's your past like let's take us back in time dude like we're gonna find your dimension man like take us back to when like music like you know hit for you like like what what was your earliest your early, earliest memory of like music being like a big deal for you like way back Ooh, um that's a pretty good question so i grew up with um young parents so my parents both had me when they were 20 um uh oh and and the question was like where's the band from and and kind of all that stuff so we're so we're from uh south florida from i'm, I'm born and raised in miami oh cool man uh, so my parents were very much like 20 year old Miami folks, mm -hmm. like very much into like the yeah. dance and like rap scene. Uh, I'm, I come from a uh, Cuban and Puerto Rican uh, family as well. So a lot of like awesome. Spanish music and, and all that, that uh, fun stuff too. So um, music was always a thing. Um, early on when I was a kid, I was just like listening to whatever, you know, was on the radio, whatever my parents listened to. Mm -hmm. uh, then when I got into middle school is where I kind of met some people that like listened to different music and got, uh, but wait, wait, wait. So Dick is like ahead. way back. Like your <laughs> first memory though. Like first memory. Anthony, sorry, but like, you know, it's like, but like, like what's like as a kid, yeah, like no music, gaps whatsoever. Daddy, dude. No, we want to go way back. No in time. Okay. If you guys remember, like, um, I, I, I don't know how old the oldest guy is here. But if you guys remember, That's like me, dude, I'm almost 40. Okay. So you'll probably remember those cards mm. that used to come in the mail that were just like, uh, check a box off and each CD that we send you will be like a penny. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. But they get your credit card and like, something happened. I don't know. My, oh, yeah. my dad did like a bunch of that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just had 
like a bunch of old school, like sick rap stuff. So we had like every Eminem record. It's like Biggie and Tupac. And then, like, yeah, dude. Awesome. Uh, like the South Florida guys, like Two Life Crew and like. Oh, Two Life Crew is too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're so from South of, Florida? Or oh, Life? yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so uh, a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, Spanish records, like, you know, oh, is my that publisher's music. Sorry, I'm, I totally no, interrupted you. Is it publisher's house music? Is that yes. the one? Yep, Dude, yep, for yep, sure, yep. man. Sick drummer. Cool. I wonder if that's, uh, that's Ian. That's Ian. That's Ian. Ian. Okay, what's yeah. up, Ian? He was just on. Yeah, dude. Ian rules. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, so those are like my my earliest um, memories of music. It's like my mom cleaning the house on the weekend and just blasting like Mark Anthony and kind of kind of that stuff. Um, uh, my first concert, I went to uh, a like the popular radio station still is, I'm sure, like Power 96 in Miami. And um, it was like uh, Will Smith headlining when uh, <laughs> Welcome to Miami came out. Damn. Pretty sick. <laughs> That's pretty sick. All right, Joseph, you take over. I'm going to call I don't, I don't ha- Yeah. I was trying to remember the first time I ever saw like live hip hop or like MC music or anything like that. And I can't think of like an early memory like that. So. Yeah, mine are few and far between too. You guys are making me do some digging. That's <laughs> yeah. why I was like, let me get to when I started playing guitar because that's like where I remember. Yeah, dude. Well, that's <laughs> usually the next question. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, guitar and then metal too. Like, did guitar come first or then? Yeah. Um, so metal came first. Uh, I started like skateboarding probably like fifth or sixth grade, and that's when I started like hanging out with people who listen to like different kinds of music and that's oh, dude me new too metal, yeah new metal was a thing and like i'm super not ashamed i'm not like uh my first band was deicide or whatever like no like i you know grew up not in that environment and someone like put on some lincoln park songs and i was like oh it's like right when hybrid theory came out i was like oh this is pretty sick and that was like the first uh metal um album yeah. that like i had my mom i was like hey take me to the take me to uh specs music or whatever i need to go buy this record um so i bought i bought hybrid theory and then um middle school met met a buddy uh who ended up being like my my closest friend uh through middle school and as i was like trying to find myself you know in those those early formative years and he was someone who like uh was into music he played bass we hung out a ton uh listening to like you know what was popular uh, then, which was like System of a Down and, um, you know, the the new metal craze. I was a big uh, Mudvayne fan. So Mudvayne was. was yes, uh, sir. <laughs> right when I'll do 50. Bingo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Tell Professor which album you were talking about. Oh, LD50. Oh, yeah, that one, <laughs> Professor. We were oh, talking all about hip hop before you came. Anthony took a leave of absence for a minute. With this computer. Yeah, is it better though? Am I all good? Like things are good. All right. Like okay. Anthony is like the you just, most into hip hop. You're not going to miss a rep mention of Mudvayne on this podcast. You're happy <laughs> to be here for it. That's two weeks in a row. <laughs> um. So you're into hip hop and shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I we, took- uh, dude? I'm sorry for the listeners. We're gonna have to rewind a little bit. Wait, hold on. Isn't it, it the anniversary of of the Chronic today? It is. I was gonna it's say that. 30 years today 
Oh yeah, twenty ninety two, yeah. right? Yeah, right, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Whoa, the original that's Chronic cool. is like the fucking shit, dude. It's the uh, shit, dude. So really, that's a really good record. Oh, I love, dude. I love, yeah, yeah. That was on rotation. Okay, so our, you got to give me the abridged version real quick. You grew up where? Uh, grew up in uh, Miami, Florida. Um, okay, a bridge version. Grew up in Miami, Florida. My first live concert was Will Smith on the Big Willie style. Tour. This is all stuff you already mentioned. It yes. is. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my parents, uh, very young and just very much like not into rock or metal at all, just like hip hop, Miami dance club music and um, and Spanish music. So like salsa and like all that, that cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so listening to like, you know, Eminem, the early Eminem records with my dad and like, uh, biggie and how old are you at that time probably well i'm just saying it now and how old am i now 33 okay yeah so so, pops was already into some eminem so what year was that that he was feeding you that stuff oh that was like whatever year the slim shady lp came out uh 98 or something like that and i was listening to it (laughs) okay 97 98 i think it was yeah so um yeah between like that's when i think i started getting into music like eight nine ten um and then middle school is where like met a buddy uh was skateboarding and shit i started skateboarding and that's where i found like the new metal that that was going on yeah it came in Um, when you were talking about lincoln park and all that yeah yeah so you're you're caught up there cool Uh, then uh yeah met a met a friend his name is travis still talk to him um he played a bass and we were hanging out one day and he was trying to learn some uh he was trying to learn uh do host by uh ramstein he's like dude you should play guitar and i was like i should play guitar um so my 13th birthday i went to like a local music store just like mom and pop owned got asked for um we ended up pulling off the shelf a $79 electrical electric guitar. Um, it was uh, called a Discovery. Never seen one ever again. Um, and got like a 15 watt amp, and that's what I ripped on for as long as I <laughs> as long as I could. Mm-hmm. Was it just? Uh, were you just mimicking what you heard, or did you get lessons, or what was it? Um, I maybe took like one or two lessons from the guy teaching at that local shop, but he was more like a, like a classical guy with like, you know, he had fingernails and everything and was like kind of doing some different stuff. And I just wanted to like learn the songs that I was listening to. So, mm-hmm. um, just like learned how to read tabs and was kind of just doing it that way. And then, um, then eventually like probably within like a year or two, met some friends who were way advanced uh it was like twin brothers that were like very advanced at guitar and bass they both played guitar and bass and at what age was this this was 13 14 so probably getting to like but yeah between 13 and 14 um and then they were like dude if the song doesn't have a guitar solo it fucking sucks (laughs) awful what are you listening to and that's when i got into like um shredder music guitar player music listening to like dream theater and symphony x and um paul gilbert and steve Vai and Ingve malmstein so like malmstein was the first guitar player that i heard and i was just like 
fuck, I need to learn how to do that. How does this guy do that? Um, and then, you know, but still balancing with like, uh, I got super into like classic rock too. So I was like a huge, like Led Zeppelin fan and, um, still I am, um, but like Zeppelin and Hendrix and, um, you know, all, all that stuff too. Cause, uh, yeah, the, I was lucky that those guys like were able to appreciate that shit. Cause they kind of knew where the shredder guitar players like came from. So like mm -hmm. guys like Jimmy page and, um, you know, all, all those awesome, uh, especially shredders of the eighties and shit too. Um, but that's where, uh, I kind of got into like, uh, you know, uh, elitist, like prog snob thing. Mm -hmm. for a few years i was gonna i was just gonna okay, ask on, you and it kind of goes with that real quick i was gonna say so when you would listen would you just be waiting for the solo all the time mm -hmm. yeah and then like also like yeah. couldn't do ironically couldn't do bands with like screaming vocals or whatever yeah uh, you, you know the guys you know the, it's like when you hear your first dream theater song and like you're suddenly a different person <laughs> first of all <laughs> prog snob is a super catchy i like that it's good. <laughs> but also that that meme that was going around like last week or something like you know you wait six minutes till the good part like in a prog yeah like you know, prog fans be like <laughs> yeah the good parts in six minutes <laughs> yeah. hang, hang tight <laughs> um, um I remember that kind of like period where like you're not quite into death metal or whatever scream vocals, but you want everything else, the heavy riffs. So you end up listening to like Nevermore and like Symphony X and those bands. And then exactly. there's just like one day where something switches and then it's like at the gates or fucking whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I, was, uh, real quick, I've, I want to just add to that that I've never done in 109 episodes with how many people have talked about how the death metal vocals or the extreme vocals or aggressive vocals were something they couldn't get into right away. I can't find it. Every time it's brought up on the show, I go back into myself and I can't find where I was put off by the vocals. You know, mm -hmm. I think I, I liked hearing chris barnes right away i came across cannibal and was like that's fucking rad you never were like turned off by it no i wasn't i mean i was always like yeah, um, i can't hear what i can't understand what they're saying but i didn't i didn't dislike yeah. the sound of the you know, voice i i got introduced and i want to kind of ask you guys about this too but i got introduced to death metal actually kind of more through like black metal but like cradle of filth kind of style like or demu yeah. like you know and it was kind of like oh shit and then like you know people showed me cannibal and this and that of course i'd heard that but and then i heard like suffocation I remember like when the first time i heard suffocation was like on a boom box at a gas station like, in the 90s and it was like <laughs> and i was like in high school and it sounded like like skulls to me i was like like it sounds like skulls <laughs> getting crushed I was, like, <laughs> I was just like like my first impression was like it was really good it sounded all like like tight but i just was like whoa that's like so strange you know and then like but yeah i mean like but i think with the, with that kind of stuff you got to go to a show man you got to see that live and then you're like okay like you know everyone damn what cannibal like you know i don't know so i mean that is a good description it sounded like skulls it sounded like yeah that's what my, my brain thought yeah <laughs> i mean like you that know? first record with like the machine driving through the graveyard or whatever the fuck it is the dancey grave that kind of Oh uh, yeah, well, that it. would sound like yeah. the, the crunchiness of that. I mean, I was like 16 or something. 
<laughs> I was like, whoa. But like my favorite, the I mean, okay, so th- this is a question to you guys specifically. What's the death metal album that like got you into that extreme, like that next level music? For me, it was the first Nile, like amongst the catacombs. Like that was the bridge album, or just like, oh, okay. This so you're is saying like bridge from like the old school into the next. No, just age. bridge from like like not being into death metal. Like that 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 album was like pulled me in. Like it was like freaking like mm-hmm. quicksand. Like I was just like, oh. And then I go down. And it's just like, <laughs> it was it. I never come back. You know. I just remember my uh, friend Steve at the time. He had Gallery of Suicide. Um, he had. Uh, Tomb of the Mutilated, and he had um, Formulas Fatal to the Flesh. Those three records right there, I remember listening in in his room and actually being like excited about what I was hearing, you know? What about you guys, John? Um, So I don't know if it counts. I I was saying before, uh, Focus from Cynic was the first album that that was like a really nice progression of that because it was like tasteful at the time for me i felt like oh this is tasteful they're not doing it all the time it like it works um and then i got into death and then i that's where it changed symbolic is where like yeah oh yeah (laughs) that's uh that was i mean i remember going on a band trip and buying human and um focus at the same uh, store and not realizing that Sean and Paul were on both records until I looked at the back. So that was just cool. Um, but I think before that it was that arch enemy doomsday machine record. And I always oh. liked Angela. Like I could hang. Cause before that I kind of had this vibe that death metal was like from cannibal corpse, like kind of misogynistic. And I was always a little scared of it, not knowing too much about it. And then I was like, Oh, chicks can do it. It's gotta be sick. Or like, at least like it's not going to, turn me into anything horrible and then from there it was yeah. all in on on the cannibal like within a year or two but yeah shout out to joel dude. yeah I was just about to say. Joel, he's uh our other host who is uh mia yeah, but right. he is no just kidding he's on a plane flight and he just uh chimed in hi joel what's up joel what's up babes we miss you baby <laughs> um right. but yeah so i wanted to obviously ask about you know, your connection or like getting into like Florida scene in particular, because I don't know if we've had, well, we must've had guests from Florida. Obviously we've had some OG Florida guests before, but from like a newer, newer school of death metal, like you relate to that a little differently than people from California would. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the Florida scene was like very, uh, I don't know the, the words probably strange, I guess uh, uh, the best word I can find um, very like hardcore oriented when we were coming up. Um, so we played a lot of like really mixed uh, shows and like bigger, you know, opening up for bigger tours and stuff like that. Like I was just telling somebody probably eight or nine years ago, we opened for a package that was like terror straight from the path and counterparts. And then mm-hmm. us, like a, tech death death core band or whatever <laughs> yeah we played all kinds of weird shows like that because like that's what like south florida and like um you know central florida became it became like very like okay. hardcore uh oriented um so we we kind of missed the boat a little bit on like the floor the florida death metal that everybody is uh you know 
for for very good reason like romance yeah. because it's very sick obviously yeah. um but uh yeah we we, we yeah just kind of came up in a in an interesting time um where deathcore was like kind of where it is almost now honestly which is crazy yeah see it like kind of come full circle so uh, i feel like that happened everywhere so basically it's just like that also happened in florida even though it's the birthplace of like death metal it's not like it only you know it stayed only death metal even no. through a change in other places or anything yeah yeah well, it was, yeah it's tough <laughs> <laughs> so i mean yeah i was gonna say let's go back a little bit because i want to hear about um you know honing the craft and and then meeting like-minded people that you started jamming with in the adolescent stages of being a musician i want to hear all those stories yeah for sure man so um yeah so i've been playing uh for 20 years this year like i mentioned i got my first guitar when i was 13 um and since then it's just been like trying to learn um you know the songs that uh inspire me and then trying to write stuff that's similar and like that was like always a thing it was always like how do i write something that sounds as cool as this um so that was always a lot of it it's like trying to play the stuff that um is was challenging like that that was a big driver especially with like the other two musicians that i was always hanging out with and they were like you know way ahead of me um in, in a lot of different ways so it was that was super helpful it was like me trying to keep up with these guys made me a better player yeah um, dude that's inspiration from the music you're getting inspiration from the the artists that you've fallen in love with listening to their music plus having uh local people that are further down the line that's that's a great combination to to drive you to to get better because you have what is perfect in recorded form to you all the stuff that you love that you listen to and then you see guys that are capable of of stuff that's beyond you 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 want you naturally want to catch up yeah exactly and then as uh around that time is when um you know youtube and and uh shit like kazan limewire and computer aids uh was it was a big thing um so i remember just like you know sorry paul gilbert but like you know downloading paul gilbert instructional videos like allegedly on limewire uh, <laughs> and uh and yeah I, I, if, if there's guitar players uh you know i guess around my age who've who did the same thing there's one that between each exercise, he's got like these cheerleaders that are like kind of doing a thing in between each one. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just one of them that's like ingrained in my, in my memory. But um, yeah, using, using that stuff, like that was the first, it was Dude. right when all that stuff became available to everyone. Have you seen I, Frank Gambale's? The, uh, I, I think I've seen it once. Dude, That's not one that I can watch. Kimbali, no, there's all kinds of fucking exercising <laughs> spandex chicks in those guitar videos. Dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Exercising it's so guitar, funny. dude. What a what a, a little niche genre, dude. I want to check it out now. Sorry, I had to throw. There that are out. some silly ones, like because everybody, you know, all the virtuoso guys were doing guitar videos like that, so. I feel like, you know, people were trying to put their personality into it. And then I think it got to the extreme of like, if you've ever seen the Buckethead one, 
that one's like almost uncomfortable to watch as he <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. He tries to teach you stuff and he's talking through like a hand puppet. <laughs> oh yeah. I've never seen it. Like it's super it's yeah. sick as fuck, but it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a little uh strange. Well, yeah, dude. I mean that I mean you talk about Buckethead. I don't know too much about it. I just know that he is just a song machine that just spits him out all the time. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time, and he's always been the guy with the mask and the KFC bucket, dude. You know, and <laughs> and I've a weird I, thing. I really, it's so funny because the only album that I really had was the one that he did with Les Clay, Les Claypool, but it, mm. I don't even remember what that one was called. I just I, I more so got into it because of less, but um, yeah, dude, yeah. Bucket Harris, Buckethead's an interesting character. I wouldn't doubt he'd be teaching you guitar through a hand puppet. Yeah, was, <laughs> but if his name was Head Bucket, dude, it wouldn't be quite as cool. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. Um, yeah. Then uh, just continue to to play and um, try and just get better. Um, and then had aspirations to like go to music school um, and potentially like, ironically enough, had aspirations to go to Berkeley in Boston, which mm. I live in New England now um, and uh, moved to Massachusetts five years ago. And I live in Connecticut now, um, but wanted to do that. And uh, so when I was about 18 is really when I started to like go to local shows and meet people. And that's where I met the guys that uh, were in a band called Behold the Ruins, mm. which uh, I ended up joining and then very quickly, you know, became kind of like the main songwriter. And then we ended up changing the name of the band. And that was like how Abiotic kind of came to be. Mm. So the, the infancy of it, of the, the Abiotic project was at what age for you? um so i joined behold the ruins probably i was probably like 19 so you joined the band and then that band kind of dissolved into you and work were you working with members of the band afterward though for abiotic yeah. yep so it was more like a just like a straight up deathcore band like you know white chapel you know 2008 somatic defilement is like what they were kind of trying to do um and uh, and then I wanted to do like I had gotten really into at that point, like, uh, you know, tech death and like kind of the modern stuff, like the faces was just like coming out and planetary duality and like doing their thing. And uh, Veil of Maya and Born of Osiris and After the Burial and kind of those yeah. uh, feel like, you know, forward thinking bands for the time. For sure. Um so they kind of just wanted to like rebrand. It's like, oh, you know, you're in the band now. We wrote a bunch of songs that like don't fit what we want to do now as a band. So like, let's just start over. Um, and uh, we recruited uh, the bass player, who was the original bass player of Abiotic. He was playing for Behold the Ruins. Um, so he he and I are like, I guess what you could call like the OG members. The mm -hmm. other guitar player, Matt, also he filled in for some shows. Uh, at when we were behold the ruins and then ended up uh joining joining abiotic and um nice. our vocalist ray who was on the first record we uh pretty much 
took him from another local band that we were we played a ton of shows with and we're just like hey we're you know redoing this thing do you want to do vocals and uh and then the drummer was someone that i had like met and jammed with uh, a ton before um kind of starting to really want to do the thing and uh ended up ended up playing drums for us what's the difference between abiotic and antibiotic so abiotic uh the definition is uh like void of life so it's anything that's like not living okay antibiotic fights infections there you go <laughs> you heard it here so void of life that's yeah yeah death dude basically or it just was not, um, not alive. Like not alive, Mars, right. Mars would count as an abiotic planet, as far as we know. Mm, right? It's so. like an abi. Oh, okay, All right. I get it. Pretty much everywhere except Earth, as far as oh, we know. Like the North Pole, according to the Christmas movie Polar Express, <laughs> abiotic, dude. <laughs> Void yeah. of life. <laughs> well. There's yeah, cool. I don't know the movie, so <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I know. I did that was a cut reference to like the uh, cutty reference to the beginning of that movie where he looks at because uh, he's one of the kids that that's getting to that age. Am I you know, I'm starting to figure it out and all this shit. Santa's bullshit looking up in the in the uh what are you uh, talking about? <laughs> Dude, I already laid it out. I already said Dude, this is Express. it's a Christmas movie. This is the last episode before Christmas, and you just said Santa's not real. <laughs> <laughs> is that the movie where the polar bears fight? No, no. <laughs> oh, that's a different movie. I guess I'm just a fucking dad of three children, dude. So. <laughs> but no, it's a Christmas movie. They go it's whether or not you believe, you're on the edge of not believing, but then Santa makes you believe type deal, you know. That's the end. He and he ends up believing after the whole thing. But um, oh. in that, in the beginning, while he's being all, I I don't believe in Santa. He's looking in his encyclopedia, looking up the North Pole, and it says devoid of life. And I was like, oh shit, that's kind of death metal. <laughs> wow, Santa's death metal. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. I watched I watched well, Elf last night, dude. <laughs> Elf's a great one. Yeah, I didn't elf. I didn't realize Tyrion was in that dude. I was like, no way. Peter Tyrion. Oh like, uh, yeah, that? yeah, totally. I, totally dude. Didn't, I didn't even fucking that. take. He whoops Will Ferrell's ass, dude. He totally does. Or it's Buddy like, the Elf. elf I one say. more time. <laughs> yeah. He's an angry elf. <laughs> we got to throw a little Christmas in this in this podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, no, we got one more before Christmas. Do we? Yeah. Oh okay. Well, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas. christmas is uh, a Same week from sunday like, christmas is like tomorrow no it's a week from sunday we're we still got one more but we could still get a little festive come on now all right <laughs> enough with the fucking polar express reference that i tried to throw in there i don't the even know oh was, okay so that's what it was it came out of the explanation of the band name all right so mm-hmm. now you're you guys are uh that the ruins of your ruin band is ruined ruined <laughs> and uh <laughs> abi- abiotic is coming to fruition so yep. tell us what that's all about like was it your brain child is that what you said yeah ba- uh I, I, 
pretty much. Um, so uh, obviously all of us like worked on it and, and, you know, wrote and everything, but like the band name, I um, was looking up like science, like medical terms and uh, thought that the name was cool. And then I was, I was also, I was like, starts with the letter a, the next letter is the letter B everything alphabetical. We're going to be at the top. There you go. So um, that and also, you know, the, the name, I think, being uh, the definition being kind of cool is kind of like if you called it AA biotic, it would have been fucking at the very top of the list. Dude. <laughs> just put like 40 A's in front of that. Bitch and just like, <laughs> It would have been good. Um, no, then we were. Um, yeah, just like doing the local band thing, practicing a few times a week, which included like writing and just sitting in a warehouse with a bunch of dudes writing music, like not on computers, like we all do it now, um, which was fucking painstaking. Um, and really just like, I got a notebook and I wrote like abiotic goals on it. And uh, each page had like a different thing. Like by this time, let's do this. By this time, let's do this. We need merch. We need this. We need that. Um, and kind of just like checking off, small goals to to get to the bigger goal which is like you know we record some singles put together a music video get an ep together and then um while we were doing all that uh i woke up like a saturday morning hopped on my laptop and had an email in my inbox from like metal blade records like hey what are you guys doing Mm -hmm. um and that's really where like things kind of started to happen quickly <laughs> right, right that's pretty wow. early for metal blade to hit up a band it was wild like we put out um we put out a music video for vermo sapien in 2010 um end of 2010 beginning of 2011 we put out uh the universal plague ep um and then uh april of 2012 we were signed to metal blade okay i think did they sign rivers of nile around that same era i think they signed them like a year later or something so so that was like right right around then yeah for sure so you guys were just like all right we're the metal blade the new metal blade band out of florida like time to go it was wild they're like you ready to tour i was like hell yeah ready to tour like we didn't have a band we didn't have like anything i just said like fuck yeah what do you want to hear yes Yes, dude yes 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 thousand dollars together and bought the worst van you could possibly imagine in your life and Mm -hmm. tried to tour in like two thousand dollar conversion van so (laughs) how long did that last because we've heard some horror stories on anthony knows about vans i do i could give you this whole podcast could be van horror stories like we went through probably like five vans in uh the first like four years of touring yeah, because um, we're all broke and it was just like, Hey, how much money can we like scratch together, borrow from family to like have a, have a van. And I've seen like everything has happened to us. Like while we're, we're on the road, like uh, in the middle of, I, I think it was that van might've been another one, but like middle of, uh, of winter are we're um, touring like, in the Colorado area, our heater core uh, goes in the van oh, and yeah. it 
breaks and then we just have coolant leaking into the van. <laughs> Casey uh, knows this story. Oh, I know. Yeah, these keep going. Yeah, it's terrible. It's horrifying. Um, so we're just we're just in the van with coolant leaking into it. So there's there's I think there's still pictures up on, on our Instagram of like everyone wrapped up in clothing, like trying not to breathe in fumes. Jesus. And we're driving on the highway with all the windows down and it's like 25 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Lord, dude. yeah, yeah. Dude. or in the summer with no air conditioning had yeah. like a, a, a fuel pump die on the highway in Arizona. I was driving fuel pump dies. The steering wheel just locks. So you can only kind of like move it like an inch to the left or to the right. So I had to like, I was in the middle lane of a highway. I had to kind of like inch over, like just fucking pulling on the steering wheel hard as I could. Uh, Stranded. I've been stranded in Arizona. I've been stranded in New York. Like I have any advice for any upcoming band. It's just like get reliable transportation because it's fucking somehow. Yeah. And now you got to spend a lot of money on on cars. I mean, Yeah. yeah. It would it, for an up and coming band though. It's not in the budget to have a a, a you guys, band that's got you know sixty seventy thousand miles that's used, but still you're it's you're gonna spend a lot of money on that van. As you get, do you guys hear that like Tesla has been making like affordable touring vans for like you know specifically metal vans and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's that? a good. I'm sure that he totally looked at that market and said, I need to get in there. This is where the money is. Uh, <laughs> Who yeah. fucking can't afford it? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh. It, it is unfortunately a thing that you know, and a lot of fans probably don't even think about that aspect about tour. You know, I I could say that there's probably a small percentage of people for cancellations on shows because of like via vehicle problems. You know, bands not showing up to shows because they're broken down. There's still probably some motherfucker at that show like, no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should have been here. And it's just That's like, the, dude, you don't understand yeah. the process of getting to every single gig successfully on yeah. these tours you i mean know? that's that's like the exact reason i mean i hate to tell you this now anthony it's been like 20 years almost but it's kind of the reason <laughs> we asked you to join the band dude because you're a mechanic there you go I'm that's the secret clear. reason i don't, I don't even actually I hope that yeah. doesn't hit too, it's been long enough that I hope that doesn't <laughs> hit too you know too steady. yeah the only time i actually had to pull together and use my uh expertise was a blowout on a tire that's it i just had to fucking that's change funny. out a, a spare i didn't have to get under the hood of any van that i've toured in luckily wait wasn't there a time when joel's tire blew out and you had to pick me up to the airport or something yeah he was supposed to be taking you and then the tire blew out and i t- picked you up took you to the airport flight. and then towed joel like back threw a tire on his car and he was out we were in South San Francisco. I like saved both of you guys. Spot. I saved yeah. both of you guys in one shot. Dude, that shit was dope. <laughs> I made my flight like just in time. It was great. Yeah, dude. I made it happen. Joel's All right, enough about me happening. and my fucking automotive. I want to talk more about cars though, real fast. <laughs> so I know well, we did bring up one of the vans. Yeah, I remember one of the first things I knew about Ibiotic is that you had Aaron Stakoner playing drums for you for a bit. We did, yeah. And he was like fresh and like out of Cali and just like did he just like pick up and move to Florida and join the band? 
Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we... and then Aaron, just just for reference, played with Rings of Saturn, Interloper, and has been playing for a bunch of bigger bands lately. So, yeah, yeah. filled in for the Faceless, filled in for Born of Osiris. Like, yeah, he's he's been co- actually uh, just caught up with Aaron on a FaceTime video yesterday. Uh, oh, really? Funny enough, yeah. Um, I saw him out at a show on Saturday. Nice. Yeah, we hung out for a bit. Sick. Yeah. Shout, yeah. shout out to Aaron. Yeah, he. Um, we had decided to part ways with our, our OG drummer, um, and someone recommended him a friend from, from California. And he had some videos up of, uh, of like, you know, fucking 18 year old kid, like playing Opeth songs and shit. Yep. Um, so like, oh, this kid is very sick. So I hit him up and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, we're signed band, we're touring, we're looking for a drummer. Like, can you put together uh, a couple of covers of of some songs? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I, I don't remember how long it was. I, I, it feels like he sent us a cover of a song in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was so we were asking for uh, the Grays of Locust, which is on that first record. And then like one other one. But the Grays of Locust like, was very like tough song drumming wise. And I was like, oh, you know, this is probably going to take a minute. There's a lot of parts like, uh, you know, back then our songs were just like a lot of people love them, like very riff salad songs because we, you know, didn't really get to write our songs and listen back as listeners uh, back then. Because when we're like I mentioned, writing in a warehouse, you're playing the song and writing the song as you're playing it. And it's not like, oh, let's listen back and see what that sounds like. That, That wasn't the thing. Um, but yeah, he's, he sent back a cover like in a day and to this day, Aaron has probably one of the better memories on a human being I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, where again, he, he, same deal. Like we, he moved down to, to Florida. He, uh, had some very, uh, precarious living situations just kind of to, to make it work. And I, I did. Uh, that sacrifice on on his part, uh, you know, to to do the thing. Um, but yeah, we could play a song and I'd be like, hey, you know, like on the fourth time that we do that, that fill that you do like this, can you do this one instead? He'd be like, yeah, sure. And then do it like perfect the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can't, can't say enough good things about Aaron. Super, super talented guy. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to see what's next for him. Totally. Yeah, I know he's been playing a lot more um i don't know what to call it uh he was in that band drugs for a while yep playing for them and then i've just seen footage i don't even know the band but i've just seen footage that he's playing like big shows like not underground shows so yeah he's definitely come up at the underground and on the other side so yeah that's a really good asset to have as a band for to who wants to move along because making quick changes like that in the jam space where you're all riding together the quicker the the correction or not even correction just quicker the change in order for everybody to hear it in a different way the the quicker you guys can move forward from whether or not you're going to keep it that way or or change it you know exactly exactly yeah and the drummer's the a big deal to for a guy that can make those changes in the moment real quick you know yeah, 100%. Like, six-minute song, and we're like, hey, 
I know you got to remember like 13 riffs before this section, but <laughs> this section, can you do the second half and halftime? And also, can you make sure you hit your third China? Um, not the fourth China. Make sure it's. <laughs> um, well, I want to I give it up to uh, Joseph because the stuff that he has to remember to play the Disgorge material, dude, it's. Oh, man. It's next level, dude. Like, yeah, to, it's. To, to keep memory of all of that, it, it's uh, hats off to you, dude. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, there's there's a way to do it. You can just compartmentalize, and and what really it comes from is like enjoying playing the song, and mm -hmm. just like kind of just being like, this is how the song has to go to sound good, and kind of digging into that kind of just music. I don't know how else to put it, but it just it. I don't know. I, if you listen to enough music from your, when you're a child on and you can just like, you know, recall like what Chad Smith plays on this Chili Peppers thing or what Dave Grohl plays on this Nirvana thing. If you do that for five years before you even start playing death metal, it's just, I don't know, you've, you've been doing it for a lot longer and it, it's something where what you're, what you're memorizing isn't, isn't that complicated to remember at that point. There's a, yeah. How, uh, that's actually another question I want to ask you real quick is how much is it really muscle memory? You know, if you play a song enough, your your muscles do remember what you, comes next. Sometimes in a moment where your brain doesn't remember what you comes need that. Next. I think you need that more because things are going to go wrong while you're playing and you need to actually be focusing on correcting against like imperfections in the situation rather than focusing on the playing. So if I had didn't have it like muscle memory, then if something happened, like a kick pedal trigger goes out or something like it's just going to throw it off. But if you just know, like have muscle memory, then you can just kind of like focus on whatever else needs to happen or like be like, OK, as soon as the song ends, I need to tell the sound guy to like lower my headphone, you know, whatever it is. That's what yeah. you need to focus on. So that's where the muscle memory comes in is so you can just keep going through whatever other conditions are happening. Which is very important because then it keeps everybody else as in line as you possibly can. But I mean, missing like a, a trigger for the rest of a song or something like that before you can fix it, that really is one, like hard, harder for other people in the band. But two, like to you're, you're immediately telling your right leg or your left leg, whatever triggers missing to, to start going off a of feel automatically yeah you yeah know? you just have to you know make judgments on the fly but again it's just like if you're if you're really like a musician and you know you just come up with a part that works with what you have you know so mm -hmm. yeah but yeah dude um yeah there's a lot of sick drummers that i am continually impressed by how versatile they are and how they get along with stuff just shout out to another Aaron, uh, Aaron Hetzko, who today announced he's filling in for Enterprise Earth on oh, their in January and I think February as well with a shout out of intent. So he's going to go over there and do that, shred that shit. So nice. So anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, that went off on you talking about your, your drummer and how quickly you guys can change while you're writing in the studio and all that stuff. But then, yeah, I wanted to ask about kind of, you know, abiotic getting started with the touring and you were talking about the vehicles, but like, what were the uh, actual tours that you were on? Like the other bands and so on. Yeah. So our, uh, our first 
full U.S. run. It's funny because you know before jumping on, we were we were talking about chasing. Um, our first full U.S. run was um, us and Enfold Darkness doing like co-headliner, and then Veiled Nath and a band called After the Spire uh, were opening. Oh, of course. So um, it was Stevie who now does vocals for Inferi. He was doing vocals for um, for uh, fuck the Veil Nath, um, and then okay. Jason was playing drums for Enfold Darkness. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just sick tour, hard tour, like you know, not making great money, fan issues, whatever. But um, first time doing doing a full US and it was it was awesome. And, you know, just getting to see somebody like Chase and just like absolutely destroy and um, be such a cool dude. And then like Stevie be, you know, as, as sick as he was and kind of see where those guys are now, like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, very fucking cool. And then uh, our first like bigger run of shows, we did a week with uh, the Faceless Within the Ruins and Rings of Saturn. And that's kind of like that was our first bigger tour. Um, then we well, did. Were you, were you making a little more money on that one, or about the same? Probably about the same, man. Yeah. It, uh, so before you move on, I just want to ask you a quick question because you're talking about you know barely any money, vehicle issues. For you specifically, what is it that what was the drive to keep you going in the touring? Um, phase of being an artist because that's a make or break situation for a lot of artists, you know. So, tell us about the things that kept you wanting to come back. You know, if there's no money and cars are breaking down all the time, that sounds like a fucking tough deal. So, yeah. what is it that keeps you even at think go back to even at that that stage of your life where that was really happening, like? Think about what was driving you to get to the next show every single time on one of those tours. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, man. It was uh, obviously a love for for doing it, right? Like, as I don't know, as whatever uh, as that sounds, it's like it's rare and amazing for uh, you know, especially for I feel like as young as as we were um, to find what you love to do you're you don't totally suck at it and you've got an opportunity to do it um that along with the mindset of like we're new we're a young band this is part of the game like you just gotta eat shit until the right opportunities come your way but you gotta Mm -hmm. be consistent you gotta be on the road all the time so we were like gone for a month home for a month gone for a month home for a month and like in all kinds of debt. I fucking ruined my credit, like all the, all the stuff. Right. Um, but, but it was just, you know, it was, there was, uh, it was all a means to an end, which was like, what's the goal? Like we want to be like all the bigger bands on metal blade. Like we want to be the behemoth and black Dahlia and white chapel. So like, what do they do? They tore a fuck ton and that's what they did. And so that's what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the long-term goal I'm, i want to know like the in the moment thing where you're staring at your overheated van on the side of the road and and you got this gig that you're supposed to get to like what's where's the is it still that or is it is there other things that are involved like maybe 
you know, friendships that you made on the tour, like that, that those things kind of keep the, the, the negative aspects at bay. Like, well, at least I'm doing this, you know, at least I'm able to have a beer with these guys that we just met and we're vibing with, you know, like touring with, with other bands and, and quick, the quick jump through, like the hoops that you got to jump through to be friends are almost, non-existent when you go out on tour with a band even if it's the front the first day there's already like this these levels you've leveled up before you even met each other because you don't need to do all this we're just here you know yeah yeah Yeah. it's almost like a forced social situation around people you want to be around yeah um so which which is sick and like yeah i mean i i I maybe never thought about it like that honestly like it those times easily some of the best times of my life just like you know being an absolute idiot with like 30 other guys um mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, just getting to be like 100 like yourself and uh you know you don't give a fuck where you are you don't give a fuck who's around right, like, right. you in the moment with the dudes that like you're uh you're out doing you know, living, living a dream. And I think that's like, that's for sure is, is a, an underlying like shared experience when, when you're out, um, when you're out there. But I think to, to go back to your question, I think it's like, what was driving every day? It's like, first, if we miss a show, that's uh, detrimental in, in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, a lot of ways, lost but- gas money, lost merch sales, lost, yeah practice because every show is still practice right (laughs) you know and uh and you know we were playing in a new city lost opportunity to play in that city for the first time in front of new faces like Mm -hmm. um and uh so it was all like i'm just like a very goal-oriented guy and like i just that it was just fucking blind blinders on laser beam fucking towards the goal whatever we got to do yeah Rad. Fuck That's yeah. cool, dude. And That's you good, obviously dude. made through that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ups and ups and downs for sure. Like we 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 did um have like a hiatus, we'll call we we technically like the band broke up for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um because like the you know, out for a month, home for a month, out for a month, home for a month, and like getting home and uh not fucking having any money and like you know just kind of trying to to do the thing as hard as hard as we did for so long everybody was just burnt out and um you know piling on some other shit going on it's like we're like ah we gotta everybody's gotta get their shit together before we can think about doing this again Mm -hmm. um because it you know you're, you're making sacrifices for a while and if if you don't get that like break it's hard to, to keep doing and especially hard for like the people around you, you know, it's, you might have still have the drive, but the people around you that are helping you live your dreams might not be down to keep doing that after a certain amount of time, which is understandable. Totally dude. Yeah. So then what were you doing, doing that during that hiatus of yourself? I was, uh, bummed but still writing music mm-hmm. trying to you know do some solo stuff and uh get a career going outside of music still and, study guitar all the time stuff yeah. 
was trying to write. I learned how to record. So I like buddy of mine uh, helped me get like an at home recording set up and kind of showed me the ropes. Um, So I was able to start, you know, demoing and, um, you know, just really uh, honing, honing in as much as I could uh, guitar. And, um, and then also, like I mentioned, like just trying to get a career outside of music too. So that way it's like, if this doesn't work out, it's not like the end of the world, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and when you've got that kind of perspective on it, like I have, like we have now for the last few years since we came back, um, it's, it's just changed things. And I, I still love it as much as I, as I did. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But how, how much, what were you, did the material that you were writing in that hiatus, how much of it ended up going towards abiotic when you guys reformed? Yeah. Uh, I put out a solo song um, that was just like, just me. And then the other stuff I was writing, I was like putting up videos and, and things like that. And uh, Travis, uh, who has been our vocalist since the second record, um, he hit me up and was like, dude, like, you're writing a bunch of stuff like let's just do the thing again like we're all in a pretty decent spot right now we could potentially just like all the same guys too uh all the same guys from the second album okay um minus well i'm sorry i'm I'm, I'm lying to you so uh vocalist and guitar player from the second album um aaron actually was slated to come back on drums but he was too busy with some other things he had going on um and then bass player just was in a different place he just you know he he wasn't about it so that's where we got killian who plays has been playing bass for us you know now for the last few years oh um, killian dude yeah and with fallujah as well right and with fallujah he played with uh scale the summit um oh sick uh, He's fucking incredible yeah absolutely incredible awesome guy um i've absolutely loved working with killian he uh, was on our uh, on Ikigai on the last record and has been on you know all of our our new stuff since. Um, I wanted to ask about that bass player. I didn't know who it was. Okay, that explains everything because yeah, I mean, <laughs> plays for Fallujah. You, rec- you recognize now, so. the game. Yeah, I mean, if you, you have Evan, game. if you have Evan Brewer as your session bass player, and then you want to get someone for live, like it's got to be someone is sick. So they got with Killian. That's sick. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for him because they're obviously a lot busier than we are um and i i love the fallujah guys i absolutely love that band too so i'm i'm super pumped for him uh super pumped for them and then uh our drummer um anthony um he he joined shortly after and Me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite but uh unless you can do um hell no you can only do shitty grindcore visual like <laughs> he he did all the mixing and mastering of, of Ikigai and, and all of our music. Damn. Um, he does the orchestration. He did our, if you've watched any of our music videos from Ikigai, he, he did all the animation for like all of those videos. Whoa. Um, he's the, he helps write. Like he's like the unsung hero of this band. That's right killer dude. And what year was it that you guys decided to reform again? 2019. Uh, we put out a single. Um, did a, a comeback headliner that was like our kind of reforming. So real quick, um, when did the the online videos, the Instagram, 
page for you personally and and all your viral videos let's get into that a little bit when did that all happen during that that started popping off like this year actually oh really is that recent six to eight months or something okay so let's save that a little bit let's get up to this point let's see finish off what's been going on with the yeah what you're talking about so this is not 2019 let's get the fucking band back together literally yeah and uh let's fucking do this so what was uh what was the plan did other yeah like i had asked you like how much of your stuff had been contributed to is it a a uh a group thing or is it mainly you the songwriter how does that all work yeah very very much a group thing so um yeah i had a couple of other songs i was working on like for some of the solo stuff that ended up being um on on that record uh on, on ikigai so uh for example one of the singles smoldered that was the first song that like I had bits and pieces of already. And when we decided like, Hey, we're coming back. I was like, cool, this is going to be the first song that I work on. And that I ended up making it on the record, which, um, you know, I was, I was stoked on, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much a group effort. Uh, you know, especially now that me, the other guitar player, Matt, and then Tony, who's like an engine, like a full blown engineer, like we've got capabilities to track ideas at home and, send shit back and forth and like say, Hey, Tony, I've got these few riffs. Do you have some shit that you're working on that you feel like would work? And then um, that's really what we do now. It's just like Matt and I will come up with like preliminary skeletons of stuff, sections we want to do riffs that we're really into. And then um, we'll work with Tony on like arranging it because he'll do most of the arrangements. And it's been like super smooth process. And I think, we've gotten the best songs that we've ever written out of doing it this way. Killer dude. Yeah. I think a group mentality aspect or like, you know, just getting multiple brains together and it could show, you know, people could contribute to the project with a certain vision. And, but with the, you know, constructive criticism of the peers that they respect that they want to work with yeah they can accept that criticism if they you know they could end up being pushed in it or yeah their vision could be pushed in a different direction they didn't realize that something was covered and the homies uncovered it for them you know and i I just like that that whole throw it in the pot throw it in a cauldron let's stir it up together and see what we get type deal yeah exactly it's not about like who wrote it it's more just like is it a good song is it a good section or not you know and just right take your ego out of it and it's just like whoever fucking wrote it let's sick let's use it i like the metaphor of like it starts as a boulder and we all chip away at it you know and eventually we're gonna have a a sculpture that we all created together that we're finally gonna sit back and be like oh yeah dude that's ours right there you know that's that's mainly what it is dude you just working working with the people that you you'd like working with they also end up being your best friends if you're lucky and boom that's you're off running and you guys make sculptures i just want to say i I like you guys (laughs) 
<laughs> I like you too, bro. <laughs> as long as you're not the guy, and I'm sorry if there's one of you guys in this group. Uh, as long as you're not the guy that's just like, I don't like that. Yeah, no. What don't you like about no. it? I don't know. No. I just don't like that. That's like Joel. <laughs> he's not here tonight. So you gotta come. You gotta come with solutions, man. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think um, no. We we're too old for that. We're. Yeah. It's like, it's cool, but you know, we would have a something to be like. I just, I don't even know how we would handle that, really, because it's few and far between. I actually trust Casey wholeheartedly with all the music and odious because I I've worked with him for fucking this long now i know exactly how his brain works with that shit so i'm like yo have at it bro (laughs) (laughs) so my question uh leading off the reformation kind of topic was uh did you guys have like a record deal still in effect when you reformed how how does like taking a break work when you're like a band on a label like metal blade so we didn't know so um so to kind of i guess give you the like paint the picture of like where things left off we um we're putting out uh getting ready to put out our second record um we don't have management at the time we're working with metal blade to um find a manager that fits where we are as a band. Um, That's taking longer than any of us would like, but metal blades like, let's just put out the record anyway. And so I think due to in part to a lot of factors, one of those uh, that being one of the main factors, the record didn't do as well as we'd hoped probably as well as the label hoped. Hmm. Um, So we ended up working with another management company that I, we'll tell you guys off air who, who it is. Um, and, uh, metal blade wasn't super stoked. So, uh, that among other things, I imagine, um, we, we ended up getting dropped right after we did our first tour in Europe with suffocation and cattle decap. Okay. So we're back on the up and up after hitting some, some bumps. We do this first, like probably the sickest tour we've ever done. And then, um, you know, that's some of the of the news. So when we came back, we're just like, hey, you know, we're going to, you know, we've we we put time into the game. We've got connections. If we, you know, if we want to shop this and put it out on a label, we will. If we want to self-release, maybe we will. We self-released the comeback single before we put the record out. It's a single called Emerald. Mm -hmm. Um, That's our most streamed song as a self-release. Um, but ended up like, you know, I was like, well, to do the record, I want to like partner with a, with a label that I, I like, and, and, uh, I'm going to be stoked on working with, and, mm-hmm. uh, we awesome. ended up going with, uh, the artisan era. Hell yeah. yeah. C- can I share that song? The, uh, uh, or Verma Sapien. Oh yeah, sure. That that's on this that record cool? behind me here, uh, on yeah. mutation. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to share that if I do it right. Joel's not here, but uh, I think I can figure it out. Let's see here. Uh, oh, I think I did it. Can you guys see that? Yes. Sweet. Can you hear it? 
Choppy. Choppy. <laughs> is it? Is it coming back? All choppy. Not good. Are you guys getting choppy too, or is it just me? Yeah, it never works right when we fucking do this, dude. I wish we could like uh, have it sound useful. just as good as. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Let's try. Uh, sound is good for what it was. I mean, you know, if we all like, maybe if we all mute, I don't know. Let's mute. Let's try, try one of those reels, dude. Well, first let's test it. If we all mute, let's I just test know, it, dude. If it gets weird, I'll. Uh, I don't think wave it's my hand. Is it? is it the mute thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't it know. It just sucks dude. that you can't. It, the sound quality of uh, anything shared always sucks. Just, it's not. Yeah, there's something I'm not doing right, but um, maybe we can try the like the reels. Go for it. Yeah. That? Okay. Fast well, forward in time. We'll catch up I on guess, the story well, later. I don't want <laughs> to. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about it first before you play him. <laughs> Come on. I know. Never mind. Okay. Uh, what are you talking about? What reels? Well, what? I just. Okay. So just to fill in <laughs> just just the, the commentary on it. So it's it's cool. I mean, I guess I would say that Abiotic as a band, I kind of see them as. Um, kind of getting over this like hump this like kind of mid-career hump that other bands did not survive and the way that you kind of landed afterwards is is actually kind of inspiring and also just um just very cool and um yeah i could imagine it you know not not continuing but i guess when you go in all in as you know like a 20 year old or whatever on music like it's an era where you sometimes get people's like best music comes out of that era. Cause they're young and they have like nothing to lose or, you know, they're all in on it. Um, but with you guys, I can tell that your best music is yet to come. And I can feel that, you know, having kind of the stability you have now is going to be something you can draw upon and, and make really sick music with. And I feel like you're not, just kind of being pushed by like a label as something anymore. You guys can just kind of have that control yourselves. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. I think, uh, you, you know, that as far as my feelings are concerned is like, I still think, um, you know, we're, we're writing right now. Uh, everybody fucking says this, but like the best music we've ever written. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I do, I do think that's a result of, the change in, in circumstances for everyone. And um, like you said, there's, there's less pressure. Um, so less pressure, less internal pressure, like pressure I'm putting on myself mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, less pressure of, of everything else. Right. Like, you know, being someone who like, you know, everybody, every band has like the person or two that's like helping write that list of goals. Right. And, um, you know, hopefully steering the band ship in the right direction. So you kind of feel like the responsibility and, and uh, consequences like falls on you a lot of the time. So, uh, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that, that can kind of be mm-hmm. tough too. So to be, to be in like a little bit of a better position where, you know, we can kind of choose what we do, choose what we don't do be okay with it. If we're missing out on something, be okay with it. If like, you know, we're not ready to drop everything to like take a spot on a tour next month, that would be sick. And then if we don't, it's like, 
fuck. Like, no, you know, mm-hmm. something else will come, you know, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're not in a rush. Like, it's it's cool. We'll, we'll kind of do things at our own pace. And then that gives Killian the opportunity to do cool shit, gives uh, our drummer Tony the opportunity to do cool shit. I can, like, you know, do, do the family thing I'm doing and, like, still have this be something that um that we can do when we can and when like makes the most sense yeah um can you talk just a little bit more about what it was like going on tour with suffocation and cattle decapitation in europe absolutely i can talk about that all night too um (laughs) uh huge huge shout out to the suffo guys um they took us under their wing um in a lot of ways so uh, took us out on our first uh, European tour. They took us out um, on the last tour that we did uh, pre-pandemic. Um, it was them, Belfagor, us, and uh, Necronomicon in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys were on that. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so Terrence is like such a, an amazing dude and like a hero of mine and yeah. Um, just cool as fuck. And Charlie, you know, their other guitar player who's been in the band for a minute now. Um, awesome, awesome dude as well. And yeah, I can't, just can't say Derek and, um, you know, Eric and um, Ricky can't, can't say enough good things about uh, all, all the guys in that band and like how supportive they've been of us. Um, but that tour was like incredible, dude. Like, you know, just kind of taking us from, Hey, I wonder if our uh, radiator's gonna make it through this tour, or like, I wonder if a tire's gonna explode in my face again. That happened mm-hmm. to me. Um, <laughs> to go and like torn in a in a nightliner with suffocation and cattle decap, where I have a bunk and I don't have to drive. Yeah, and I wake up in a new country every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Fucking the venue has like a staff that caters, like is cooking for us for the day um yeah just like incredible like you know that i was like okay this is this is how you fucking do it um yeah it was it was the shows were amazing like uh cattle decap too like absolutely love those guys too we did some shows with them uh in the u.s as well um and uh yeah that was like some bucket list shit you know like Mm -hmm. europe with like you know, fucking legends. That's it doesn't beat it. Can you remember the first time you heard suffocation? Hmm. Um, I was probably, it was in the van. One of the guys showed me in the van, um, like, uh, pierced from within. And I was like, yes. Oh yeah. That's a perfect, perfect spot to start, dude. (laughs) I was like, my goodness. Yeah. And then, and then, if you listen to our last record, Ikigai, I was like, we got to put a slam in this bitch. <laughs> uh, I was like, I gotta, I gotta pay homage to to the homie Terrence. Hell yeah. Um. So on Ikigai, I mean, I haven't looked into the lyrics, but just the album art is conceptually like you know a shift from what happened in Abiotic before. So uh, could you talk about like the concepts that the band kind of writes about and how that's changed too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So first, you know, we're very influenced by like, you know, again, like, and still are, but like the, 
the whole tech death thing and like everything that came along with it. So like the aesthetics and like what you write about, which is like space and aliens and like, um, you know, just very broad topics, which are cool. It's, it's sick. And I still love bands like that. But um, with mm-hmm. Ikigai, we really wanted to kind of to have it be a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, you know, th- there's not a lot of bands that I think in our style that do that, that have lyrics like that. So um, I'm a big fan of like all stuff, uh, Japanese, like anime, the music, the food, like everything nice um and so i was like i really want to incorporate like that style into the art into the music for this record um and uh so for the lyrics what we did was like so uh guy on the cover he uh is you know committing like that japanese act of uh seppuku and um each song is uh, him seeing flashes of like uh, a different life that he lived. So wait, before okay. we go further, oh, go performing what? What is he? Performing? Which is like uh, committing suicide. Oh shit! Okay. So so that's that's what he's doing on the cover. Like um, a, uh, like an honorable suicide type deal. D- dishonorable like you know dishonorable something some oh. that happened um and he's you know he dishonored so he needs to you know he he doesn't know how to deal so that's that's so he just his life needs to end right wow. so so the idea of of the record wow. like as a concept is like each song he's seeing uh you know visions of a different life like we've got one from a perspective of a trans person and what it's like you know being trans in a world where you know you're not accepted and your family doesn't accept you um to like you know we put together like a a climate change song and had you know him living through the eyes of like an owl going through like devastation of uh ecosystems Mm -hmm. um and then end of the record kind of wraps up where like you know, Ikigai translates from Japanese to it's like your reason for being. It's like what makes you happy? What are you good at? What does the world need? Like that's it's kind of an all encompassing thing. And so he finds it um, through living these, you know, lives as he's dying, um, finds his reason to keep going. But it's too late. Damn. True. That's <laughs> sick. That's a uh, that's yeah, very conceptually I like strong. That. I, uh, I like that a lot. Might have I to really fucking do. pull out the old darklyrics.net and read along oh, yeah. one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> darklyrics.net. That's dude. like the fucking high school move right there. You like almost you almost feel like you shouldn't be typing that into your browser, dude. Darklyrics.net. <laughs> it's yeah. not even dot com, dude. Uh, it's the it's the dark web. I guess yeah, it's, exactly. can, I, I probably use Metallum these days for that. You can just open all the songs <laughs> up at the same time and scroll. I have it open right now because yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I metal. I really it's genius that does like you know hip hop and pop and all that stuff. Who is this? It's genius.com and it's genius. like a oh, oh yeah all weird. one okay. I thought you they, were do too. Was, they do metal too. They do metal too. Okay, because I've been down the rabbit hole of like looking at like frank ocean songs or like fucking you know like the modern hip-hop guys yeah 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 Yeah. and then there's that dissect podcast that like 
goes into like an album and a whole season, like a podcast season. Oh, yeah. that's cool. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know if he'll ever move out of hip hop, but yeah, there should be one of those for metal. That's actually, you know, worth Dice, doing. Oh, wait, they do hip hop. What, what kind of uh, song like, uh, on the show right now, Professor? Okay, so it's called the Dissect Podcast. Um, they they've done a lot of albums that I don't know that much about, but they've done like Childish Gambino, Frank nice. Ocean, um, uh, Tyler the Creator, Mac Miller, that kind of stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. like it's just I think it's almost like a song per episode, and some of the episodes can be like forty five minutes to an hour just on wow. dissecting that one particular song. So that's yeah. Cool. And uh, just the podcast has like an Insta page where they've been doing these shorts that are like, it'll be like um, Drake. I don't know. He's not a good, I don't know. Uh, fucking <laughs> Nas. Nas once did like a triple entendre. Yeah, yeah. Jay-Z once did like, you know, he, and then they break down like two lines and like three ways of reading it or four oh, ways. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And I've like, actually seen the lyrics too, like, um, yeah. like what rhymes and like what, like, yeah. That that is super sick. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you know, I think it's always like we we want to be the writer, the creative who like comes up with the lyric. But then there's also so much work to be done in kind of just curating what's out there and being like, look how cool this is. Like I'm a huge fan of this guy, and I want everyone else to realize that. And it like it gets it across. And I really could do cool that. Way. I could do that with Twin Peaks, dude. I <laughs> Start yeah, you could just off. have a Twin Peaks podcast. Why not? Yeah, I'm dissecting each episode, dude. You know, there you go. But uh, yeah, no. Shout out to metal lyricists. Uh, some of us, you know, out there, we read the lyrics, even if we can't hear them. Please read them. the lyrics, dude. And us lyricists would like you to read it. Anthony, yeah, read Anthony's lyrics. <laughs> they're they're pretty sick. They're Hell very yeah. sick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and Casey probably adds a little bit. No, I'm just saying. Okay. What? <laughs> no, I'm just joking around. Just being silly. <laughs> yeah. Silly geese. Um, but yeah, dude. Okay, so that's just very cool concept. Are you guys planning uh another album right now? Um, we're probably gonna put out a few singles in 2023. Okay. And then I decide from there what what we want to do. But I wanna I wanna stay active. I wanna just like put some stuff out but not have to take the time that's necessary to like put together a whole record and kind of do that whole thing um but not not take too much time off so think yeah that, that's kind of our our goal for for this year put out a few singles have some cool features on them um and uh yeah just keep keep the train moving man it's oh, not yeah, looking dude. like the the most exciting time to tour again right like in general just not hearing a lot of good things about the touring life these days. Neither am I. Like what? <laughs> you don't need to tell us names, but what? But give us an example. Oh, the, over- name, the names over- are public. Yeah, people are talking about it explicitly. Like Dark Funeral just made a post talking about, I think it was Behemoth's Nurgle saying he was like, yeah, Nurgle's right. Like, it's really hard. He said, I would recommend if you want to start a band and not start a band right now because looking ahead there's just gonna I, oh, be no way to give make me money specific, like, like you're talking about like oh our uh, gas that, prices and stuff like gas that. prices obviously Inflation, yeah. thing. um the, another thing that i've been hearing people complaining about lately is uh 
venues taking the merch cuts. So this is my thing after what we've been through for the last couple of years. Is that something that's more prominent now in the live music scene is more venues because it would be, it would be a hit or miss type deal on tour back in 2006, whether or not you would hit a venue that's going to, um, try and take a merch cut from you or not so i'm i'm wondering if now that things are back up and running other thing uh, other rules have been put in place without our consent as artists basically and more venues are probably doing that now to try and um make up for the lost time that we've had you know like how how else can we make more money per show now because of all the money that we lost on not having shows for two years. You know, I don't think it's a now thing. I think, you know, uh, over the last 10 years, I've seen it like slowly more and more. And I think it happens more and more as your band grows and you're playing certain venues, you know, that maybe you weren't playing before that that's just like an expected thing. But I think like for like the mid to, you know, uh, higher tier bands if you will like if you're playing you know 500 to a thousand cap venues like the venue's asking for a merch cut and it's yeah horrible it's ridiculous yeah i mean like fake books dude we used to do the <laughs> fake notebooks i don't know if that still works now my dude we sold three sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what's sorry, up you look in the trailer and count them there's uh, lots of boxes in there. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. sir. Someone in the chat is asking how the two-week tour in August that I did was. Oh, yeah. Um, that was me playing drums for Ominous Ruin. Um, I mean, that was our the, the band's first tour. Um, in terms of finances, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they lost money in general, but they expected to. I mean, that was like an investment in the band. So, but I mean, yeah, it was a lot of driving. So, but you guys were, you guys were comfortable in the RV situation though, right? Yeah. We weren't dealing with shitty transportation, um, but still an RV in the summer through Texas is, uh, oh, yeah, comfortable. I wouldn't gnarly. say comfortable, but, uh, sleeping is not that comfortable for sure with a bunch of sweaty smelly dudes in the yeah. heat of the but deep south summer luckily i'm i was just a hired drummer on that tour so i didn't have to worry about i already got paid before the whole thing started so, so. ah shit that's what's up yeah, that's, that's how you work that's how you work you get paid sure. up front that's crazy. james brown joseph joseph brown dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know i would say you know drummers out there like uh are in a pretty decent position if they want that kind of work but of course without having a connection to the created material you might not have the long-term uh investment payoff that you would have if you were promoting your own material or whatever so you got to do a little bit of both i think depending on you know what your goals are mm-hmm. and know, know your worth as well um, yes sir and we know yeah. joseph's worth <laughs> thank you i think yes I think. <laughs> you're worth a lot brother all right 
now let's let's get into what we were we were teasing earlier because you've already surpassed it talked about what you're doing in 2013 or 13 what the fuck am i talking about 2023 you guys are doing the singles but let's get into the what i was teasing before the instagram page the viral videos all that stuff how did that come about when did you decide that you were going to start doing these types of videos give us the whole rundown on that yeah um really it just came about like trying to put out content that would help you know, my presence, uh, along with the band. So it's just like keeping with the marketing, right. When you're not actually out there grinding, doing shows and shit. So it's like, how do you be creative? How do you do shit like that? People are going to see. Um, and yeah, I figured like, why not just, just make some, some stupid videos and, uh, <laughs> collabing with, with some people on, on Instagram. So like, the drummer that you'll see on, on my Instagram that I do some videos with. Um, he does some funny ones on his own. And then I just like remix them, put some guitars because he just does drums. So I'm like, oh, I can just track some guitars. So that, that uh, we'll da, da Paradise or something? Uh, yeah, it's uh, his, David uh, Paradiso is his name. He plays in a band okay. from Connecticut called Dream of... Sorry if I'm butchering this, dude. Dream of uh, Serpio, I think it's called. Dream of um, Scipio. Yeah. Scipio. There you go. Um, and uh, they're sick. He's super sick. He's an awesome yeah. guy. Fuck yeah. Um, and yeah, he's had videos that have like blown up. And I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll just collab with him. And, you know, he's been uh, cool enough to like share them and kind of do all that stuff because he's got a following and shit. And um, mm -hmm. that's kind of like where, where they started taking off a little bit. Mm -hmm. dude that original i don't know what the first one was but i first saw the walrus video i thought that was fucking genius it's just oh, like yeah. a a walrus doing various noises and he goes and he plays like you know slam breakdown oh yeah <laughs> fucking yeah i've totally seen that <laughs> so this That's is the drummer good. guys videos you're talking about yeah uh, yeah 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 the, the collaborator walrus is a good one dude yeah that one it was just fucking genius and musical. And uh, I mean, immediately there's, you know, just so many good ideas out there for aspiring content creators. If you're a musician and I want to get in on this shit, dude, I was very inspired <laughs> to like go make some videos playing along to all kinds of stuff, you know, whatever else. And this whole Tic Tac, Tic Tac fad of like Tic Tac. Uh, <laughs> of uh, a tic tac fad that started in the seventies, you know the knick knack paddywhack, give it all bone, those fucking... stink breath seventies <laughs> people. Where you, where you like remix or whatever, like I don't know what they call it, but you take a video and you're next to it doing something. Oh. You know the name because you're doing it. I'm sure Can you guys see this. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Is... Wait, let let uh, Joseph finish his thought. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Go on. Go on. <laughs> All right, but we need to we need to uh, mute if we're gonna do this. I'm gonna mute myself. If not, are oh, you gotta mute? Okay, you gotta mute. Ha <laughs> ha! 
for the listeners only, I'm sorry, you're missing uh, uh aspect of this. Sorry. By work? the way, you can watch it, like it live 10 on more times if you guys want. I mean, <laughs> did it work? Not, <laughs> did. No, it, it's the perfect length of where well, you can definitely watch it. They times. Saw it. Dude, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Joel isn't here, the IT guy. So like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to like make that sounded yeah. fine, man. That was yeah, good. Yeah, nice, nice. You want to do the grilled cheese one, dude? You guys ready? All right, let's do it. All right, I think we're in the zone right now. So. Mute again, though, because it works pretty good when we all need it. Dead air. Casey thought he had it. Quickest click in the West, dude. <laughs> Quickest screen share. There we go. There it is. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, God. oh, a little grilled and cheese snack. Oh, God. Oh, a little. All right, all right. Yes, dear. If you did it again. Work? It did work. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this only, uh, you need to watch the video or at least go to where where can people find this? YouTube.com. Uh, on my Instagram. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, yeah. what, tell them the Instagram. Uh, Abiotic John. There you go. Abiotic John. As and simple. There's these quick little things where he's playing along with other videos and that was a guy who dropped his grilled cheese between the stove and the drawers I hate it when that happens <laughs> <laughs> and screamed way over the top for a grilled cheese I mean that's two pieces of bread and a slice of cheese guys like he could have just done it again <laughs> but yeah well, no, so that, okay, so that was the thing was you were finding these videos and you're like, you know what, I can I can put some riffs to these these yeah. videos and make them a little even more funnier than they already are. Yeah, yeah, saw saw people do it um pretty pretty successfully and I was like, you know what, like that'll be fun and like if people see it cool, if people don't see it cool, but you know, if people see it, people see me, hopefully find the band. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a win-win situation for everybody. And yeah, like got a handful of videos with a, a few million views now and, um, crazy. And yeah, I, I had people like at work, like, are you the guy from the, <laughs> uh, I had somebody like, so I'm sure this happens to you guys, you know, you're going to shows, um, mm -hmm. local shows and someone's come up to you like, Oh dude, you know, fucking your band's sick. So I'm at a show and like someone's like kind of doing the thing where like they're looking at you like, are you the guy from the thing? Like they're saying that to themselves. Like, right. Well, they walk up to you and you're kind of like, are you going to walk up to me? Should I stop yeah. walking? Yeah. So do this. A guy walks up to me and I'm like, I'm getting ready to like, oh, cool. Like this might be like an abiotic fan. He's like, yeah. dude, are you fucking cheese sandwich guy? <laughs> Like, yeah, dude, I'm the cheese sandwich guy. I've been playing in no the same band for fucking 12 years, and I'm what you're known for. Now. Yeah, <laughs> hey, but at, at, well, in that conversation, you're like, Yeah, dude, I am, but check out my band, Abiotic, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it, 
it's honestly been cool because like you know uh, I'm, you mentioned you've got kids and stuff so i'm sure you can relate to like time dedicated to music being uh fewer and yeah, further between yeah, than yeah, it used to yeah, be so yeah, lots of kids uh, yeah <laughs> so so being able to sit down and like all right cool i've got like an hour to play um i can like dick around and jam and maybe track a riff or two which i i do also but i can also like cool i'm gonna like be more creative and try and write a thing to this i'm gonna try and write to like this guy playing drums to this fucking guy screaming or i'm gonna try and like you know uh write a section that might work with uh like I, there's like this weed PSA that was like the most recent one that I did um, that, that I think was, was pretty funny. And then now like I've got people just like sending me a fuck ton of videos like every single day. Um, and it's cool. It, like keeps the creative juices flowing. It's, you know, especially like I always have fun trying to write just to drums. Like you write a sick drum part. I'm going to do my thing on this. I don't have to figure out. Uh, to sick drum how to sick drum, how to write sick drum in my dog guitar player drums, which are always awful. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good time. <laughs> oh yeah. Hear me by the way. I had to reconnect. He's back. Uh, you're having shitty problems with your technology true. too tonight. If you guys can hear me, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, you. you, okay. Yes. So do you like hear, metal now and like everyday life walking around just like <laughs> randomly like orchestrating shit to death right. metal. uh kind of i try and find something that's got somebody screaming because that's like really the only context where it makes makes sense for the most part um i'm just thinking about like how spastic ink used to do that with like oh. an entire fucking two minute cartoon or yeah, right you know like that was like the 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 zenith of that fucking art form i feel like 100 i downloaded yeah. that video on limewire um uh, the, the whatever hair something hair a wild hair a wild it was hair. Uh, it was a scene from bambi dude it's like uh yeah, 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 yeah. zombek like i guys oh, yeah. guitar player and yeah he just does like someone like commented that on a couple of my videos like oh you know this sounds like you know the dude from spastic ink and i was like absolutely not like stop. <laughs> stop. like playing some death metal riffs and i'm doing some chugs like this guy is hitting every note that is being spoken mm -hmm. like, yeah like the pitch yeah. yeah like every pitch like he's he's hitting it's not in time like i try and just line everything up to a click and hope everything works like that shit is just absolutely insane there's, yeah, also, yeah. there's also the serial mouse off of the album after uh, that, I love that, that one. Is, yep, that's that's uh, scored to a scene in Charlotte's Web. Web. Yeah, yep. I mean, that, that one is insane. Yeah, yeah, Ron's that's a fucking weird. genius, dude. He's a genius. I love that band. It's definitely on like the brink of almost not making sense if you're not watching along to the video it comes from, but it like still does make just enough sense as its own thing. But if you don't know what it comes from and you know the music first and then you watch the video, that's what will like truly blow your mind because you've like already yeah. kind of like made sense of it. Like, I don't really get why they came up with this, but OK, I, I get it. But you don't mm -hmm. really until you see it. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, well, they have like yeah. songs that are like not to the soundtrack, you know, like, you know, it's enough and stuff that are like 
their own kind of tunes and then they like have those ones that are to the time code right and all that yeah yeah, yeah. god the band is so yeah, good it's wild yeah dude it's crazy how the bambi one you guys wild hair he, he, there's a track of his guitar that is just the dialogue from that scene as well yeah it's out of control <laughs> it's out of control yeah, dude it's just yeah lead line of the the dialogue of the whole scene it's but it's in control though is the thing <laughs> oh ian's got a question for you which drummer you've played with has brought out the best in your playing creativity help you advance quicker maybe Ooh, um that's a good question i would probably say shit we play we play with a few drummers i'd probably say it's a mix of tony our drummer now um because he's absolutely incredible and um has really helped push uh the way i think about songs and and writing songs and then um the last guy who drummed for us before we you know went on our hiatus or whatever a guy named uh matt uh palazzo oh of course he yep was fucking awesome He, he was another guy that we just like kind of found um he was oh yeah he's a shredder for sure dude he was in a local band we just like oh uh someone knows him and we're looking for a drummer i'm gonna hit him up he he's got a cover on youtube of of a, of a couple of our songs we did a tour with him um and uh yeah he just made it look effortless and uh was awesome and then he you know went on to play with like zenith passage he still plays in in Aegean, i think Mm-hmm. And then um, he was playing. I don't know if he still does. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen him with them in a little while. I'm not really sure. But uh, Alluvial, he he was playing with them for a little while too. Yeah, dude. Um, I saw. I actually played. <clears throat> I opened for his first show with the Zenith Passage. Oh, sick! I was, I was playing with uh, another band called Transcend the Realm, and uh, yeah, so he did um, Abiotic before joining Zenith. Yep. Just to get that right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I saw him again with Zenith, like last year no earlier this year in Mar- in may a little five show thing that the zenith jumped on uh and it was just incredible watching him play those songs uh so he's good. single he's single footing like 250 yeah. bpm blast beats actually. yeah i saw him with zenith it was great i talked to him also. nobody does that anymore but he nope. just is he just went for it it was so sick yeah he told me he's like i i make it a point to make it look like it's not hard like i try i i practice very hard to make it like to not make it look like i'm straining and not strain while i'm doing this stuff yeah, yeah. um and yeah i mean and and like the nicest dude like just just a really awesome guy yeah yeah um i think yeah he's still doing agian we were just talking about him one of my bands had a meeting the other day we were like watching old agian videos and then I love going that. down down the rabbit hole of what what because matt kind of took that band over as far as we know Mm-hmm. and writes for the, all this stuff now so yeah so you could follow him follow him doing that still um and he's filled in for decrepit and stuff too so oh that's right yeah yeah he was drumming for he like hopped on a tour like last minute for them and, and then he did he did a double set one night with uh i think he played the black dahlia set as well as decrepit set fucking and then fuck. zenith jumped on the tour to replace decrepit and he just kept drumming for zenith instead Damn. yeah so. I don't know how you guys do that shit. Like, yeah, he's good as fuck. That's right. I remember songs that I wrote. You know what I mean? Like, 
so you know of decrepit birth uh tell us about when you came across the unique leader shit dude because that's our shit yeah um so yeah decrepit birth i i listened to i forget when end time begins came out but um I heard that record and then I heard um what was that uh, what was that 03 came out in 2003 yeah uh, yeah 03 it came out yeah so I I didn't I didn't hear when it came like right when it came out I probably listened to like a couple of years later that someone was showing me like oh you like the band yeah. death like this is a band right now that sounds like them I was like okay and then I was like wow this is sick and then um I think it was polarity that came out maybe you think of diminishing it sounds like death. Diminishing between the time begins. Sound like oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one I'm, th- I'm thinking. Diminishing uh, came out. Time begins is the more brutal, technique, eight, crazy shit. Eight, yeah. Then I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking diminishing. The diminishing worlds is what it is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was the one that we. It, yeah, it came out when we were on tour with Black Dahlia, like oh, uh, in 2008 January. That's when it came out. It was like us. And then Haiti, oh no, it's like th- three three inches of blood and Haiti Eternal, and then Black Dahlia. That was insane. That wasn't like a decibel tour, was it? Or like one of those? I don't know. Maybe that kind of sounds right. I don't mm. know. Or like Metal Alliance or something. Yeah. Was- Joel would know. You don't have Joel, dude. Joel like knows those. <laughs> no, he he chimed Joel, in. If you're in the, the chat, chat. <laughs> he chimed in from the chat while he was on the plane. <laughs> yeah. We uh we toured with Exhumed. Uh, and uh, Dying Fetus in 2013, and that was like the first time I had heard Exhumed. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Fuck, this is great!" And that's where I met so, Mike. And- so, are you familiar with Unique Leader Records, though? Like the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, what about like Spawn of Possession? Are you down with Spawn? Oh, of Possession? absolutely! Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah! Like that's yeah. what's up. Christian, Christian is the fucking oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him and uh yeah, obviously like Spawn and, and Necrophagus, like yeah, those are that's the beacon of tech death, and everyone's just trying to copy that from fucking <laughs> however long ago it is now, 20 years ago almost. Yeah, it was pretty wild when that shit was popping up back in the day, dude. Yeah. I always I, I always is tech death still considered that though? Like because when it's when you say the words tech death, do people? Think I think it's spawn and necro still. I think, uh, yeah, and then like That's... you know, the, well, you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, I would just say, yeah, it's it's considered a little more old school, but there that that is like kind of an old school tech death, and then there's newer school, but it's still tech. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say so. Oh, Ian, with the theory and practice. Yeah, dude, I know. I, I agree with you, dude. Theory and practice is just as high as everybody else that we talk about. But I, I don't know why, yeah. but not a lot of people know about that record, dude. Colonizing the Sun. Yep. Super solid record. If you're into that so early sick. tech death scene, that is a gem that for some reason is not I would go, as much on the radar. I would go with Third Eye Function, the first record, the debut. Mm. I, I've always liked that one more than colonizing. So All that's right. just me being super OG. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You dude, can the be first a super one. OG. We, yeah. we, Joel has talked to a couple of the guys, and that they we we really want to get them. I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no doubt, dude. 
Yeah, that's funny that that like he was stabbing. Our... We've been trying to get stabbing on for like months. Yeah, what up, stabbing? I've I've fucking messaged to you guys two different ways. We'd well, love to have you want guys and new, girls. Excuse me. Their new record was so sick. Yeah, I, I know. We'd shit. love to love to have them on yeah, and talk to them about it. So, uh, all our listeners too, if you're in contact with stabbing, tell them that Cali Death Podcast is looking to talk to them. I uh. I have a few um, female students at School of Rock that I've been like, you got to hear this band stabbing because because <laughs> they're like vocal students, like vocal guitar students. And I'm just like, one of them's then, like learning how to sing like Spirit Box and Lorna Shore stuff. And I was just <laughs> like, all right, you know, time is ripe. You got to check out what else is going down. What's her name again? from lorna or are oh, you mean no, from, from stabbing. stabbing yeah uh bridget plays bridget, vocalist yeah. and meryl plays bass so brutal bridget and yeah dude they're 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 fucking sick yeah bridget's already one of the goats brutal dude bridget. it's insane yeah that record it's like i mean you know consume the forsaken and time begins chapters of repugnance i feel like extirpated mortal process is that the name it's gonna be mentioned alongside those records oh, sure. in years to come i agree yeah Big i definitely agree all right so let's get back on to uh so you got plans for 2023 um i mean really what else do we talk about like so the plan like do, that's what i want to talk about do you have any ideas because i i enjoyed um you explaining the concepts uh, on the album and how they're very unique in the metal uh, genre for me. I, I like, I really do like guys who go outside of the box. They don't, I'm, I got over gore at 19, you know? Um, I like guys that really write about shit that they're interested in and all that. So are you going to move forward with that Japanese you know influence stuff or was it just for this one record i think i think it was just for this one record as far as like the the music and aesthetic i i want to experiment some more with different things like that um different like you know instruments again just instruments that you wouldn't normally hear in a band uh like ours and then from um from like a lyrical perspective, still keep it very like um, grounded in that like relatable um, and uh, like relevant and especially like, you know, with with everything uh, that's been going on over the like the last few years and, and more so like, um, I guess more so like from uh, just, just advocating like mental health stuff and like, um, you know, Shout out to, to Trevor, right? So um, mm-hmm. try, trying to, uh, you know, do what we can there because, you know, w- we all struggle with it, right, in some form or fashion. And, you know, I, sure. I, I'm happy to, um, you know, say that us and the band do. And and um, just having a, having a band like ours, like, talk about things like that and, and you know, just say, like, hey, it's okay to feel the shitty feelings and, and have those relatable lyrics. Um, I think, yeah, again, it just something that, uh, 
helping like the, the, the greater good, like doing what we can with our platform, which we try and do as much as we can. Um, and, uh, yeah, just making it meaningful for me too. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, not, not knocking any of the bands that still do like the, that what we were doing before. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to, wanted it to be more relatable because that's like lately what's what hits me when i listen to music and a vocalist and lyrics and stuff i say it so much dude but it's art first dude Mm -hmm. i know we all talk about you know it's it's really cool when you when you sign with a big label like metal blade and and all these opportunity all these doors seem to open up for you for you know progressing in a certain fashion but really it's the art first dude so it doesn't matter about anybody else in the beginning it's just about what you want to do and and what you want to talk about and 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 i also think that um expression through art is a great therapy so you know talking about the mental health thing it's a very uh beneficial way to at least uh blow off some steam through art you know i mean obviously if it's serious you should talk to somebody get some you know get get some perspective from a therapist and all that kind of shit but if you're just in a point where it's like yeah dude i have the existential angst that every other human on this planet has and um I, i have this this um, built up in me and I need to get it out in a certain way. Sometimes you don't need the therapy. You just need to go out and blow it off through expression, creativity and art or getting on stage or all these different ways that you could just blow off the normal steam. But yeah, obviously if you have mental health situation in your life where it's, it's more so than other, the, the average human seek other, avenues to help you get through it but yeah dude i i I totally think that writing about mental health through art it it's it 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 totally makes sense because art is there for us to work on our mental health in the first place right yeah absolutely absolutely i i I agree with that and like i found that more as like i started to be more introspective about that stuff and not like, mm-hmm. you know, the fucking um, Bill Burr joke where it's like, then push it down, you know, and fucking like not want to think about it or talk about it or whatever. Um, and that's like what resonated with me, um, you know, with bands I listen to and, and lyrics and whatever. And like that it's, it's what I pull from melodies and chord progressions and kind of like the same, the same way. Um, so I've, I've like, you know, since we took this, this shift, I've kind of been participating more in, in writing the lyrics and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to be able to, to be able to do that and, and have that outlet that hopefully helps somebody through something, you know? Hell yeah. I think having a, a solid crew, having an outlet to be creative and and enough people in your life to where you can give love and accept love 
that's the that's the basis of of harnessing the fact that we blimped bleeped into this existence and we're trying to fucking just white knuckle the handle as we're being pulled through it, you know, and not let go because that's really how I feel sometimes. And I, I think that that's why metalheads are, are mostly centered and, and cool people because we have those, um, we have the collective, we have the community, we have the, uh, uh, outlet, and all that shit is built into this. And I think that's why there's so much love in the metal community. For sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I still think there's a lot of um, stigma behind it, though. Um, which, you know, I think it's come definitely come a long way. But I still think there's a lot of like um there's too many of us dude of course there's going to be that percentage of of snakes that are going to eventually infiltrate our boundaries you know it's going to happen dude it's it's always going to happen but that's part of that existential angst that i was talking about you know that that no matter what um situation you're in in life you're always going to eventually figure out that there are shitty humans no matter where you look yeah but it's all about who you surround yourself with and though how those people and yourself included can uh elevate each other yeah and and stick together and that's what i think that the core of all of this shit, why I'm sitting here talking on the microphone right now. That is the reason why this is all happening. Uh. What up? <laughs> you know, that it's, really is. I thought we were getting played off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, dude, I get played off pretty much every week on this motherfucker. <laughs> so, not to shift gears too dramatically, but back to the viral videos, I wanted to ask <laughs> what happens when you get 3 million views on a video or however many million, uh, does it, do, does Instagram just start paying you or do you just like, buy, do you buy a house immediately? What do you yeah, do? Yeah. Like <laughs> do you have to, um, you know, you can, you can monetize it in the same way that like, you know, you can monetize, you know, YouTube and like whatever it, it I, definitely doesn't pay out like like youtube would or anything um but yeah i mean you know make a little bit of change it's nothing crazy it's absolutely nothing crazy um but yeah it's it's just has, has helped with um reaching reaching more people with my playing like my um uh ian says three to five cents per thousand views <laughs> i have to do that math um i don't know i don't know if that's right or not maybe you might be right <laughs> um but uh it'll be like 50 bucks a million views 50 yeah. bucks a million um yeah. three zeros add three zeros did i do it right I yes think i did it but i don't know i mean I fucking did math C my or no I failed algebra my senior senior year dude and I got the I got it before the professor dude. 
What do you mean before? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. I want to. I'm. I'm making a fantasy that I. I raced. <laughs> I raced you in math right there. Dude. Okay. He did the quick math and beat me. <laughs> Joseph's like, you we didn't there. race shit, dude. I just watched <laughs> you fucking stumble down the fucking raceway and just said, "Oh, dude, he made it to the finish line." Uh, I did crunch some numbers today for merch sales and how much we'd have to set prices for our shirts that we're going to make. So I, my brain is a little turned on right now, mathematically. So there you go. There you go. If, if someone had told me to crunch that number, I might've been able to. <laughs> I just, I just Yeah, no, I think I did it right. Cause it was five cents yeah. per thousand times a thousand. So it's, it's like a, uh, it's one of those things where it's not like going to quit my job or whatever, but it's just like, it's not, and it's not like, oh, this is going to replace another revenue stream. It's just like it's going to strengthen the others and create its own a little bit, add another kind of node in this network that together is kind of strengthening and overall just kind of raise, uh, you know, what do they call it? Presence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. it's it's supplemental. It's, you know, we we definitely do better in merch than I would be you know doing on, on yeah videos but i would i was gonna say it's no different than being signed to a label where you get the smallest cut as the artist as the content creator you yeah know? yeah it's 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 silly <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so you know like looking at you know ways to be a professional guitar player um i think it's kind of important to to know like what 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 those realities are. Um, and I've heard that there are, you know, opportunities and you look at people like Nick Nocturnal and Jared Dines and you're like, okay, that's like maybe something to aspire to. And uh, it looks like, you know, you can have fun, a lot of fun making videos and, and playing guitar. And maybe that's, you know, something to be taken seriously artistically as well. So. Oh, wait, Ian's saying two to five, two to three bucks, not two cent, three cents. Oh, five cents. says, Oh yeah, on YouTube, I think he says two dollars per thousand views on. Oh, uh, okay. Which is harder to do? That yeah, means if that you don't, uh, if you don't say fuck, you don't talk about COVID, you don't fucking do all this shit. As soon as you say all that shit, you're demonetized. That so. means that KC's video has made about fifty dollars for Sick Drummer. I've never made a penny from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for Sick Drummer, the channel that hosts the video. Yeah, you made Ian fifty bucks, dude. Yeah, just I don't even know if that really is true. Know. That was probably about his time for filming you that that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah, just thanks. That's just uh, I, just a real question from an aspiring. I want to do more content and have fun in the studio on Twitch Live is another option and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just to be able to play guitar and have people watch you and not have to do it from the road. I mean, obviously the live experience is, you know, the dream, but, uh, seems like a very cool thing you're getting into right now. Thanks, man. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's also like people that probably normally wouldn't have seen my, my playing either, Mm -hmm. which also helps like, you know, with my endorsers too, which is like, Hey, you know, look at. Uh, you know, I play Strandberg guitars like, you know, would three million people have seen me playing Strandberg if I did some sweep arpeggios instead? And I yeah. noticed you're playing a bunch of 
you're playing a set a bunch of different strandbergs in your videos how many how many guitars do you have i've got two from them right now which are the ones okay. i kind of go back and, and forth on I, I started working with them this year um huge huge shout out to to strandberg uh, nice dude yeah they're so sick um i'm yeah I, I i haven't played a better guitar and i thought i wasn't gonna vibe with them because the necks are all strange if you've ever tried one they've got mm -hmm. like yeah, symmetrical yeah. uh necks and stuff and um it's just my jam i know it's not everybody's jam but it's it's 100 my jam and they're so fucking light too like these yeah. string that i can just like fucking play catch with in one hand it's insane so sick oh yeah i just on the topic of guitars gonna give it a shout out to ricky avocado i don't think he's in the chat tonight but uh He's been working at Fender Factory in Corona, and today he just started oh, working. Where starts today on the Jackson side of the factory, so now he's building these new Jackson guitars that they're putting out. And so shout out, he's yeah, shout out to him, double shout out, because isn't he the first purchaser of a Cali Death Podcast logo shirt? Was he the first? I mean, I don't know. Didn't he go with you? Who went with you to get him in Tijuana? That's true. Yeah, he he got the first ever Kelly Death shirt because he came to Tijuana with me to pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're not going back to Tijuana. <laughs> Good, because that shit. I mean, it was cheaper to get shirts That's there, funny. but it's uh not worth the fucking border hassle. But uh, yeah, yeah, totally. just just the time spent there, not the you know actual border, but um. Yeah, shout out Ricky. Fucking shout out Ricky. Coming up, making calling me out when I look like I'm sleeping. <laughs> I actually wasn't sleeping it uh, at all during I that know. picture that everybody saw. <laughs> Maybe I'll put myself to sleep with this one though. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yes, well, sir. must be getting a little late over there in Florida. No, you're yeah. in the East Coast, but North yeah. now. We could wrap this one up if we want. I had a great time for sure. This was great. Oh yeah, totally. Super fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I did too guys. Thanks again for, for having me on. I haven't done the podcast thing since I was doing mine. Um, like I was telling uh, you guys earlier, like middle Can people of find episodes of that still. Yeah. It's on, it's on YouTube. Um, should still be some stuff on, on Twitch. Uh, it's the, the big shred podcast. I just, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Nice. I've definitely heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. There's a. I, I interviewed Trevor, so there's an like awesome interview with Trevor on there. Oh, cool! Fuck yeah. So much fun doing. I know, it, man. That's cool. We man. cherish our episode with him as well, dude. Yeah, that, that guy was yeah. uh, a great friend to all of us. Um, a really good human being, and no matter who I had talked to that had met him had the same exact experience with him so you just know how genuine that dude was yeah and um yeah dude loved him to death dude yeah uh i i can't say anything better than that so i would just say ab absolutely I, I cheers rock on and remember all your all your uh fallen heroes people because yeah. he's he's a fallen hero for sure dude and, yeah uh, He's right on that list, so just never forget. And uh, you shout can't out. you can't just listen to fucking Black Dahlia. And shout out for Black Dahlia 
playing live again and keeping it going. Yeah, I actually yeah. really, really, um, you know, th- okay, let's just talk about that for a second because there's the, always that quick reaction from fans like, oh, like what's happening with Pantera right now? You know, I, I don't have necessarily an opinion about what's going on with Pantera because there are new members and all that. And I'm just like, mm, it's kind of weird, even though I've never seen Pantera. I'd love to see those songs played live, but still, you know, whatever. Anyways, with with the way that Black Dahlia handled it and keeping it within the um, bubble, per se, I actually fully back that and that just makes me that makes me sound like i'm talking shit about the pantera thing too (laughs) which i'm not necessarily but i'm 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 sorry i listened to pantera for a very long time and it didn't really excite me you know but i'm not like one of those guys guys that was rubbed the wrong way by either you know but either way my go for it my one comment was so Metallica announced their tour and it had Pantera on the first night and five finger death punch on the second night. So my thought is if you didn't like the Pantera reunion announcement, then you have to buy your tickets to go see five finger death punch opening for Metallica. You're not allowed to buy your ticket for the Pantera night. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I just want to shout out, have you worn the orange the, the orange what the fuck am I saying the purple Gorod hoodie on the pod before because I don't know if I've ever I'm not seen wearing it I'm not wearing a hoodie actually it's it is a oh, hoodie, it's, not a hoodie. But it's a shirt over another hoodie that I wore last week it's the same color and yes this is the Gorod shirt that I bought from Gorod at Maryland Death Fest when we played with them whatever we, year we played with them. I don't know. That's Was sick. Oh, seven. Oh, eight. Two thousand seven. That record, Leading Vision, is so sick. And they just announced a new record today called The Orb. Hell so, yeah! Hell yeah! To Gorod. I had a, I had a great time with those guys. It was, it, you know, it's fun is uh, hanging out with people and having minimal uh, language towards each other. We had a big language language barrier. But what we vibed on was music and partying, dude. <laughs> like, it really was that, dude. Yeah, and yeah. I also vibed on their bass player because he was shoeless on stage. What up? Yeah, that guy's sick. I gave him a demo of my band when we played with them. <laughs> well, fuck, guys. It's been good times. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's so, wrap it up, guys. Listen to Abiotic. Listen Fuck to the yeah, new record. Dude. Listen Fuck to yeah. the singles. Hit up uh, the re-release. What was uh, the Instagram? If anybody wants to see all those videos, if they're just listeners, what was it? Uh, so Abiotic John is uh, my handle. Uh, A B I O T I C. Yep. Uh, J O H N, and then Abiotic Band. Um, if you want to just peep the band and kind of just skip over me, which is fine. <laughs> um and uh yeah check us out any merch um night shift uh for some of the um stuff from artisan era uh got vinyl it goes to there 
and uh, a bunch of other cool shit. So nice, dude. I know. And also for us, battleforgecoffee.com. Get over there. We all drink coffee. Why not? Oh, nice. Try, why yeah. not drink fucking death Cali death coffee, dude? Yes. And uh, and uh, we will not be here next week. Actually, we'll be here. It, we are week. off. Yes. Oh, you yeah. looked at it. Okay. Yeah. So we're off next week, but we'll be here right yeah. after Christmas. Yes. So happy holidays to all of you and um, have a rad time. Man, that's weird. We've made it to the end of the year where we've taken these Thanksgiving week and this week off. It feels weird. Like, oh, shit, there's no pod next week. <laughs> it just makes me. All right. Whatever. Whatever.